Welcome to Parents' Rights Now, a production of Parents' Rights in Education, hosted by Suzanne Gallagher. We are committed to valuing students, empowering parents, and supporting communities to secure great educations for public school children in America. PRE welcomes all students, families, and community members who care about scholastic success for K-12 public school students. Visit our website, parentsrightsined.org, and like us on Facebook. Our chapters include Alaska, Arizona, Colorado, Idaho, Illinois, Maine, Montana, New York, Ohio, Oregon, Texas, Virginia, Washington State, Wisconsin, and something new, Australia. Join us by filling out the form on our website titled, Join Us. You will find information regarding issues and information about local and state chapters. Hey, everybody. It's great to be back today. It's Tuesday, August 16th, and I have something on my list to talk about that I've been thinking about for a while. I'm going to add it to my series titled Friendly Activist Advice. The title of today's presentation is Antifa Style Tactics Do More Harm Than Good. What is an Antifa Style Tactic anyway? Well, You will certainly find out that today, because what some consider to be productive, PRE does not condone or recommend. It's been over a year ago now since parents became aware that testifying at school board meetings was not only something they needed to do, but it was kind of fun and challenging, almost exciting. But we need to keep in mind that this is a way to communicate our views to an elected body. I'm going to read an essay by Jennifer Heine Withy, who is the director of our Washington State chapter. And she has had quite a bit of experience in her own backyard in Battleground School District, Washington. Listen in. How to Successfully Communicate to a School Board Antifa-style tactics do more harm than good. Since the public schools have been exposed as a result of online learning during COVID-19 lockdowns, more and more parents are attending school board meetings, expressing their concerns, and asking their elected officials to do something to stop the madness. The meetings are typically emotional and passionate. Sometimes people cry, yell, plead, and do whatever they think will get their point across. Parents have every right to have feelings, and their reaction is understandable considering their children are taught pornographic sexuality education, critical race theory, diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice, while English, math, and science scores plummet. But there is a small majority of individuals and self-appointed splinter groups going from district to district board meetings and using 
the public comment period to shout, grandstand, make a play for the evening news, and generally speaking, disrupt the board meeting. They seem to relish the cheers and claps from the people in the audience and take pride in being kicked out or cause the board to shut down the meeting. My question is, how's that working for you, huh? While these disruptors are patting themselves on the back and high-fiving each other in the parking lot, the remaining parents, grandparents, guardians, and concerned citizens are left to deal with the fallout. When meetings are shut down because of one of these disruptors, public comment stops. During the COVID lockdowns, many boards learned that conducting business over Zoom was easier than dealing with unruly audience members, and many boards are quick to go back to the online meeting model. When a board is forced to deal with loud and unruly audience members, the result most likely will be withdrawal from interacting with the public. They may switch meetings to online and allow only testimony from those who live within the district and even ignore the public altogether. Often board members stop listening to please the parents within the district, even if delivered respectfully. Parents are left with a board they can't communicate with, can't supply expert testimony if the expert lives outside of the district, and in some cases can't testify at all because the board chooses to discontinue public testimony only accepting email comments. The end result is that disruptors congratulate themselves for a job well done, boards become defiant to the wishes of the public, and district parents are left to try and fix it. A lot of damage is done and nothing is accomplished. Making changes in a school district requires developing relationships with the board, even if you don't agree with them, school board meeting testimonies are only the beginning. Personal conversations with board members before or after a board meeting are the way to start fostering a relationship. Requesting a phone call or an in-person meeting or even serving on a committee that they are part of are all ways to develop a rapport with board members. Productive communication with a board means you are respectful every time, even if you don't agree with them. Make it a habit to go to the board meetings so you become a familiar face. Don't always complain. Try to mention something positive once in a while and thank the board for their service to the community. Try to offer solutions for your concerns. Ask if the board would consider conducting a town hall event outside of the board meeting so the public can ask questions and have a dialogue. Suggest a community feedback group that meets with board members and the superintendent once a month to discuss issues in the district. 
And if you have a board that continues to be uncommunicative, recruit and support good candidates to replace them. Or run to be on the school board yourself. Well, thanks to Jennifer Heinewithy for putting that together for us. She has had personal experience along these lines, and we've noticed that some of the groups that are not working with us currently, um, you know, they've kind of gone their own way and they want to do things that we actually don't approve of. Um, they make it look bad for the rest of us. Seriously, we wish they would stop. Our goal is always to win, but we have to be patient and we need to follow protocol, do things that are lawful and that are smart and that will get us the results that we're looking for. And we don't want to wear our volunteers out, embarrass them, or put them in a compromising situation. We wish they would think more about the end result instead of the activity and um, making themselves look like they're doing something, uh, saying something, grandstanding, getting on Fox News, or whatever it is that's going on, because that's not helping. I thought I would share with you also some some other insights that I've come across, and I, I just did a little search uh, on the topic of negotiating. We all negotiate to a certain degree you know, in our own private lives. We don't even know we're doing it. And if you've, if you've come of age and, and you are, are involved in business or management or, or just, you know, in your own personal relationships, you know that you are negotiating. It's a way of bringing consensus to a situation. Not everybody has to have their own way all the time. It's not healthy and it doesn't work. What we have to consider, though, in our public testimonies is that they are not dialogues. A public testimony is a one-way conversation. It's a monologue, and it's a monologue by design. When you testify at a legislative hearing, for example, uh, something's in the education committee, they take public testimony, and it's really good practice to travel and give public testimony at the Capitol. You can also send in written testimony. Speak as an individual. If you are a leader within our organization and uh, you've been authorized to speak for Parents' Rights in Education, we encourage you to use the name of our organization to state, I am Mary Smith and I represent Illinois Parents' Rights in Education, for example. Presenting a good argument never goes unheard. Remember that your testimony is often for other citizens in the room or watching online or even reading uh, written testimonies after a committee has taken a vote, made a decision. So here are some points that I found that I thought would be helpful to you. Number one, do your homework. Research the topic and think through your options. Use Parents' Rights in Education. We have lots of great information on our website, but there's so much more. If you just go on the, go on the internet and, you know, and search a particular topic, you're going to find a lot of information. You know 
that our position is always, we always default to parents. At the end of the day, parents are not perfect, but they want the best for their children. And we believe, we believe in, and we believe that parents will make the best decision for their children. Number two, see the situation from all angles. And that means to try to understand the viewpoint held by the other side. That's just smart, isn't it? Put yourself in their place and think about what is motivating them. Can their arguments be justified or not? If they can't be justified, point that out. Number three, clearly define your goals. Be clear about what you want. What do you want your school board to do? Do you want them to change the policy from opt out to opt in, which is the most fair and actually does protect the board members themselves from liability and from lawsuits? We have the best argument ever for opt in, especially when it comes to any kind of controversial curriculum. And your local school board can make that decision. Encourage them to change their policy to opt in. Okay, number four, remain calm and avoid getting emotional. Well, if you've planned out what you're going to say and you have some good arguments, you won't become emotional. Um, But if you do and you don't have majority support, if you're speaking to a group, that sides with your opinion and is sympathetic, a little bit of emotion won't hurt, right? But if you do so and they do not support you and you become emotional and out of control, bingo, the other side wins. Don't let them win. Don't give in and don't give up. Number five, ask for exactly what you want. Don't be afraid to explain your needs and what you'd like as the outcome, but do so calmly and in a non-confrontational manner. Avoid finger pointing, and that means focus on the issues, not personalities. In fact, most school boards have that rule that you are not to mention any names of teachers or names of board members, etc., Don't do it. That's another temptation that will put you in the doghouse immediately. Number seven, find a creative solution. Think win-win. Not that someone must walk away a winner and the other a loser. This is something that my husband taught me way back in the day when I was speaking to the school board. He said, you've got to give them a way out. Suzanne, don't box them into a corner where they either go along with what you want or nothing. Give them a reason to consider the option that you have. That's why opt-in is such a win-win because it actually does protect the individual school board members. Public schools are for everyone. Point out why your solution benefits everyone, 
all the families, all the parents, and all the students and the school board. And lastly, remember that there will always be a tomorrow. I love that because what that says for us as individuals who care about our public schools, one of the best ways to change things is to look to the future, look at your options, and very, very possibly that means finding someone else to represent you so that you're speaking to people that share your values and will support what you are looking for. This is Parents' Rights. Now, please check your show notes for links pertinent to this podcast. Please consider making a monthly contribution to Parents' Rights in Education. We need your help. We have big plans in mind. And because of a very generous one-time contribution of $25,000, we are challenging our listeners and our readers, all of our supporters, to match that. Gives $12 a month. If there were only 500 of you, that would tally up to $6,000 a month, almost tripling the $25,000 check we just received in one year. If a thousand supporters gave $12 a month and we could reach our goal in two months, be part of that club. We call it the 12 by 12 club. A link to our website is in the show notes or go to parentsrightsined.org. See you soon.